0: Oh, aren't you doing history today?
1: Yeah. Late. Oh, fuck. I forgot to do history. Oh, wait, wait I oh, have. God. Dang. I forgot what it was. Hold on. <laughs> <laughs> no, okay. no I, I knew what I wanted to talk about. No, okay. come. It it's, not, it's not something in depth, though. It's like... It's cool. Yeah, whatever. History is history. history on, is I got to find out when
0: it happened. When it happened? Okay. Yeah. That's important.
1: So today in Filipino history, in 1991 leo salonga got her first tony that's i should have got more information but that's what Ah! i wanted to report
2: (laughs) what song though
1: (laughs) (laughs) okay okay today in filipino history leo salonga the first filipino got her tony on the broadway show doing miss saigon Oh, oh. All right, we're okay. recording! This, this is cool. This is the Hella Machado podcast. Like that's really cool. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for listening to our bullshit. Oh, dude, that's
2: Hella even better, Hella Machado. <laughs>
1: Welcome back to the Hell in Shadow podcast. And today we are doing a Q&A for our 10th episode. I didn't think we would, well, I would think we would get this, would get this far, but I'm glad we got this far because I love doing this with my homies. Heck yeah. Yeah, bro. <laughs> yeah. So we collected a bunch of uh, questions via our friends, text messages, whatever, but mostly on Instagram. And we're here to answer whatever questions you guys had.
0: And they're really good. <laughs> they're pretty good.
1: good. They're Got pretty me deep yeah. stuff. Ooh, we're deep.
0: Emily asks, "How do you eat your pundasol? <laughs> <laughs>
1: Emily, Isis, do you want to do you want to uh, start that off, Francis?
0: Uh, I eat my pundasol with coffee. Like I dip my shit in the coffee. Yeah, and then eat it. That's how I warm my bread too.
2: <laughs> Wait. So what are we like? Cold pundy like, How do you eat it? How do you eat it, bro? There's and... well, no you you context. You know? No, there's no context. How do you eat okay. your pundy Um, Similar to Francis, but with Milo.
1: With Milo? Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, strictly Milo
1: because Ovaltine is nah. Uh, Ovaltine is whack. I'm sorry. I got some shit. And I like to say, whenever I get shit about eating food, I like to say, don't tell me how to eat. <laughs> because most of the time, like if we're at a party, Mm-hmm. and there's a microwave present I'm like fuck the microwave I'm hungry now I'm about to just, I'm like, I'm going to just eat it yeah that's cool. how I approach my pandesal so if I'm not <laughs> patient I'm going to yeah. just cut that shit open put a piece of butter in there and eat it okay so plain out of the bag yep I mean, if it's in the fridge, even, I'll just cut it open and put a piece of butter in there and eat it.
0: Dang, for real. You are a
2: savage, sir. <laughs> oh, <wow.
1: laughs>
2: you are, wow.
1: They're going to give me shit for that. Like, you guys are giving me shit for that. <laughs>
2: <laughs> the quickest way is straight through. I get it. Wow. Yeah. Nice. I'm not going to hit on that because that's respectable. Man. You know what I mean? I mean, I
1: love fun solve. Don't get me wrong. It's just, if I'm hungry, I'm impatient. I'm not going to warm it up. I'm just going to eat it straight up.
2: That is exactly how I approach senior Rita Bread. You know what I mean? Right? Yeah. I know it tastes better
1: warm, but like
0: it's still going to taste good now. This doesn't tell me anything about pandasal. This just tells me how you guys eat in general.
1: (laughs) 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 b just doesn't care, obviously. You just go straight through. Sometimes I don't. Sometimes I don't. I think one that resonated was um, our thoughts on interracial dating. Yeah.
0: Well, I'm all for it, obviously. I mean, like, let, let's say,
1: okay. In terms of, I guess, I get, it's kind of hard to say. Like, preference? Not. I mean, I don't know. Look, what
0: do you, okay, let me just let me just <laughs> lay, lay down. Let's analyze your relationship,
1: right? There's now. no problem
0: with interracial dating. The, but the problem, the problem that we we would probably most find is with. With our parents who have like old yeah. school mentalities and they just want like, hey, maybe you should just marry Chinese or hey, you should just marry Filipino, you know, those type of things. And, you know, it can it can go the other way, too, where it's like, don't marry this race, which is all bad. And we should just totally like um just uh, detach ourselves from that. And uh, just go with our, our gut feeling because that's what relationships are, man. They're gut feelings. They're, they're just emotions. They're, they're love. They're working things out. It has nothing to do with your race. I mean, I agree. It doesn't really matter. Definitely. It, it doesn't
2: matter to everybody else, you know? Yeah. Um, I, I get where Francis is coming from, where, like, we're in a very traditional uh, ideology, you know? Um, being Filipino, like, growing up. I always thought I was going to marry somebody who's Filipino, but because I was thinking of, like, my family. You know what I mean? Yeah. So that was what I was thinking when I was younger. But, like, when I grew up, I was like, fuck it, whatever. Go for it. It really doesn't matter. Yeah. At the end of the day, you're the one who has to live with that. So, and uh, and other people, I support that, too. Mm-hmm. A.K.A. Francis
0: right there. <laughs> my dog. I think definitely, there's obviously going to be like cultural differences, mm-hmm. and those type, you know, those those that foundation of cultural differences is going to affect your personality in the present. Yeah. Present, so you know there is that scenario where my the things that I've learned in my culture is going to clash with the things yeah. that you learned in your culture. But it's the same thing with like dating within your own culture, where you have your culture, but you also don't like a lot of the things in your culture. And everybody in your culture carries that with them. So maybe that's something that I don't like uh, also. So, I mean, the, the discrepancies are there. Like, yeah. It doesn't really matter if it's your culture or not. You're going to find a reason not to like somebody if you don't like somebody. Okay.
2: I'm going to go with Angie. Great, great fucking question. That really blew my mind. Um, do you think we will see clones in our lifetime? Lifetime.
1: And would you get one? Dang. When she says, would you get one? What do you guys envision? Cloning myself. A clone of myself. Because <laughs> like, <laughs> a, like it could a be a clone of, of yourself. Would you get a clone of a celebrity? Would you get a clone of... Like, would you get another Bill Gates to make you money? Who knows? I mean, it's all based off of how they were raised. I mean, if you're yeah. looking at their successes, but well, where I would you go get... in terms of this cloning thing?
0: Don't we already have like clones? I mean, we can... I mean, that whole like... What's it called? Uh, the uh like the engineering of DNA that whole CRISPR thing. There like there was
1: thing. there was a sheep oh, yeah. that was named that was a successful clone.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mean we can literally like take DNA, rewrite it, and then have it be born. And mm-hmm. then it will come out with everything that we've implemented and designed. So I mean they've had this entire thing about like designer babies. Yeah. Where it's like, what kind of what kind of baby would you like? Would you like them to be six foot tall yeah. when they grow up, or you want them to have blue mm-hmm. eyes? You want them to have a disposition for yada yada yada. I mean, we we kind of have that already. It's just it's not like mainstream because one, it's fucking expensive, I would imagine. But I mean, we have it, and I think people already do it. They do it for all the, I would I would imagine the wrong reasons, the, the superficial reasons.
1: So back to the question, then, would you do it? I don't know. Probably not. Because if I got an exact clone of myself as I am right now.
0: If you had an exact clone of yourself right now and then you both started going on a diet and he was losing
1: weight. (laughs) (laughs) I just lost 20 pounds. That's what he's referencing. Damn. Good job. Good way. Way. It took me a month to lose 20 pounds as of yesterday. What? No, nice. two days ago. Sorry. A month to lose 20 pounds? Really? Yeah. That sounds dangerous. I mean, I was counting my calories in the first 15 days and it just started melting off. I wasn't trying to starve myself. I was eating when I was hungry. It's just what I ate was different. Is this um intermittent? No. I was no? eating every chance I got. And so what I eating. was eating was cabbage, cabbage soup with some egg in it. So that's zero it. Cabbage it was zero zero fry. That's it. Cabbage. I mean, I mean, I was eating. Cabbage was the rice of my meals.
2: Oh, okay. I oh, thought I, you were just eating straight up cabbage. Was no, so right. mm, no, no, I was no, no. I was eating other
1: Like I was. I would have a cookie. I would fucking have banana bread, but most of my the fullness that entered my stomach was cabbage okay because cabbage celery watery greens whatever it um fills your stomach and it causes your body to burn more calories to right. digest it right so whatever so let's say 1 cup of cabbage equals i don't know fucking 20 calories it takes a total of 50 calories to burn that so i went into negative Oh Zing. yeah! So that nice. was a strategy, but I still ate like meat, which still kept me at a positive calories, but I was still under my budget of fourteen hundred.
0: Okay. Oh. So yeah, you nice. you had a caloric deficit, and at the same
1: time, you were probably in like that. And phase. I was full; like I couldn't eat anymore, but I was at a deficit still, and that was my strategy going into this diet. Just counting calories, eating foods. Pounds. Yeah. You weren't even moving? tea, you weren't tea, tea up two one like twenty-four ounces of tea potentially burns up to a hundred calories because that's that boosts your metabolism. Were you exercising at all? No, not for the first uh three two weeks. I was not exercising and I lost fifteen pounds. Yeah. Dang. Mm-hmm. That's dope, dude. Um, so just being health conscious about your food is, is it starts with your diet. Definitely. It really does. I am a huge advocate of that. It's pretty awesome. Like I thought I had to it. exercise every day to lose weight, but it really starts with your diet.
0: I'm going to drop off a whole like six pack of Costco chocolate uh,
1: muffins <laughs> at your door. You're not going to be able to. I mean, I'm not going to finish it in a month. <laughs> I'll eat it. But I will eat it. <laughs> But I will not finish it.
0: Nice. Congratulations. Thank you. It's Appreciate not it. easy to do that at your age. <laughs> <laughs> That's nice setup there.
1: Back to the cloning uh, the cloning idea. But if If I didn't have to support that clone, I would do it. But because we're all entered into a governmental system, there's no way both of us can exist in the government. One of us would have to change our names illegally so that we can support ourselves. Because if it's me, I'm going to know myself. If I'm a clone, that uh, that the owner of me can't support me. know what I'm saying? I feel that. That's another responsibility. Yeah. And if that clone is thinking exactly like me, he damn well knows that I'm not going to support him especially when he knows that I have a kid, that we have a kid, that I have a kid, not him, but we, no, not me. Like it. It. I like how you it. just
2: said we, that's sure. <laughs> right.
1: We both is- know that we're not going to support this kid and he has that freedom away from that. And he might have attachments to him. He might fight me for him. One of us are going to end up being the clone, you know, and who knows where, where we'll end up. That you just it's totally true.
2: described a Rick and Morty episode, you know? Yeah,
0: it's true. <laughs> it's true.
2: No, I totally agree with all y'all. Plus, I wouldn't, I think that's kind of weird, honestly. Like, sometimes I don't trust my mirror. Like, that's what I look like sometimes. Yeah, You know what I mean? So, I am a hard pass on my that.
1: Selfies. Yeah. I trust my mirror. I don't trust my selfies. I think when she asks if we would have a clone, mm hmm. And if it's specifically of ourselves, she's asking what selfish things would you do with a clone of yourself? Because, like, you can get a clone of someone else, you know, and then that someone else could be just dropped off in the middle of nowhere. And then that clone has nothing to do with you, has nothing to do with its original, this its originator. I mean, and it, right, it would just lead its own life.
2: I would, you know what, with you just asking that, I would totally, like, braid my own hair then. <laughs> like no shit. Like practice braiding my hair because that is something that uh that is really important when you have long hair, you know, because the maintenance on my hair, I would want to know how to self braid my own shit, honestly. Yeah. So yeah, I would use if I had a clone, I would use it as my braiding
1: dummy. I would...
2: <laughs> so so we're
1: not even thinking about responsibility in this in this sense.
2: No, dude. Because look, like if I had a clone, like I'm still want to live my life. Like there is no substitution, you know. Like I worked as hard to be where I'm at. I wouldn't want a clone to enjoy all these benefits
1: and stress. You know what I mean? If if comfort was the question, I'll have a clone. He can go into work three days a week. I'll go into work two days a week, or vice versa. You know what I'm saying? But that but that salary is not going to support the both of us. That's the only problem. I, I would imagine like I would have a really good best friend, you know, be like, how's your
0: day? And we'd know exactly how we're feeling. Like, yeah. oh, you look really depressed this morning. Let me go get you a cup of coffee.
1: Dang. And just... I guess I got to get out of the mindset of having money as a problem and looking yeah. at it as a, a benefit
0: that's huh. too real that's anything I mean, you, yeah. we could this question could be like well, what would you do if you had a dog then you'd, you'd probably be like oh my god I don't think I can afford a dog right <laughs> yeah. shall we get a little deep deep-sea diving again uh, lay ash tree says what would you say to a 20 to 30 year old um, from
1: who what' who
0: who was taught that Marcos was a good president <sighs>
1: Who you say to a twenty or thirty year old from who was taught that Marcos was a good president? From mm-hmm. she was in a hurry yeah, when she, was she. Back this. Mm. <laughs> you, you didn't have your spell check on either, man. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have too many thoughts other than from what we talked about, but you guys go ahead.
2: I mean, you just gotta see what he did in the history books. Like literally Google his name and see what he did to help people into the Philippines. Like it's that simple, right? Like, but I I get it. Like folks are very weary of what's on the internet, but like you know, if you have like primary resources and people who are there, people who remember, there's articles written about it. The people word, talking about resources. what they did, what happened, like. Like, just mm-hmm. take a look at that, you know, and be it, and then see for yourself what what is the true impact of like the Marcos
0: family. Primary resources. That is it. I, I've been trying to figure out why they even think Marcos is, was a good president. And every time they talk about Marcos and saying how oh, he was a great president, they talk about like, quote unquote, the golden era. So I mean the problem with that is that if you if you were to sit in Marcos's time and you were to look at the economy the economy looked quite great. And so there's no discounting that, right? The economy was rising at that time and you know income was increasing and GDP overall was increasing yada yada yada. But the problem here is that the moment uh Marcos was ousted and then you had Cory Aquino become president there was that there was that point in time where the economy crashed, right, because of the whole oil crisis in Saudi Arabia. Now, this is how you would, th- how you should think about it, which is like, if somebody told you that I'm going to sell you a house, right? Let's just say it's five hundred thousand dollars. If you have five hundred thousand dollars, you can live in it forever, right? Or they gave you an option. It's like maybe you don't have five hundred thousand. How about you? I'll give you just give me a hundred thousand, and you can live in it for just one year. And then after that one year, if you don't have 400000 then I'm just going to take all your shit. That's what he did. He, he he borrowed money. He overspent, right? He wasn't doing it economically sound. And he basically left everyone with a huge pile of debt that the country could not afford. Therefore, the economy fell apart. It was not Corey Aquino's fault. It was Marcos's fault. So that golden arrow you're talking about is somebody spending money
1: that he does not have, therefore putting you in a pile of shit. that's, that's what, what you say. would tell a 20 to 30-year-old who was taught that Marcos was a good president.
0: Yeah, that's what I would say. I'll say it again. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Let me repeat myself. <laughs> well, that's valid.
1: Okay, I, I honestly couldn't tell anyone that. Because I, I, I didn't know, yeah. and and that's that's what it seems like. One who was born in that era wouldn't know.
0: Dude, I mean, we we've been. I I was looking at. I've been watching Marcos's like speeches, and I was telling you guys earlier that, you you look at the comments, and it's like, everybody's saying like, "Oh, we love you, we love you," and I'm just like, "Oh my god, my mind is blown." Yeah, they could so, also be paid. Yeah, they could be those. Yeah. Those, those uh, oh, call center trolls can.
2: Yeah, Jeez it, it's just crazy they're like complex like disinformation network of just everything you know chain mm-hmm. from the workers who are putting the Facebook comments to the quote unquote reporters praising a certain message to the politicians echoing the same thing you know what I mean if you it's like a big ass echo chamber and everybody's saying the same thing right like if everybody's saying the same thing then it must be true right so it's,
1: it's like being on facebook where you align yourself with your friends or whatever facebook wants to feed you as far as news feeds go you know it tells you what you want to hear it tells you what your friends are saying and of course you're going to um you're going to um, agree with your friends and so it just that creates a whole bubble and a community who just thinks the same way, and if your friend group is big enough, then you just create a whole country of people who think some stupid way, you know.
2: Dang, you just made me hell realize that's how alt right
1: people be at. Be like, yeah, that's yeah. crazy. <laughs> wow, I Facebook did not know it was like that. Caters to your thoughts, yeah. Caters to your shopping habits, like you. you they show Amazon ads True. that you might like like the other day i was thinking of like gates for bastion to put around my living room and then i didn't even say anything or look for anything to shop for on amazon and it shows up in my facebook feed like what the fuck yeah you know so could you use that to your advantage
2: though you know, could you be, like, thinking, damn, I want bomb-ass fried chicken, Facebook, I, this, what's Yeah, something. like,
1: I, I think it could. <laughs> like, if your Google searches probably entailed that. Yeah, people live in alternate re- realities on, on the internet, man. They really do. Miss Trish, she wants to talk about ableism. She asks, um, do you have relatives with disabilities on the spectrum of autism, et cetera?
2: Yeah, that's pretty common on, like, a certain part of my family side. Mm-hmm. the being on the spectrum and like I grew up like in a care home, right? Like some, Francis, did you grow up in a care home? Yep. Yeah. So like seeing um, folks with like mental illness and seeing like the work it takes to nurture that or to like work with that, you know what I mean? Like it, it's an everyday part of my life and to see like my family members in that way it makes you want to see what you could do to make their lives easier you know like i I feel like living in like a care home living that type of life i was able to just be more cognizant of other people and in my family seeing like my uncles and aunties take care of my cousins who are on the spectrum and like still talking to them you know but understanding that they're different in how they receive messages so you try to connect in how they uh communicate and that teaches you a lot about being um adaptable and teaches you a lot of like caring for somebody else other than yourself you know so i applaud everybody who like who goes through that because i think nowadays that's a skill that a lot of people don't have because i feel like hella folks are just disconnected so it's gonna be interesting when this whole like COVID thing, if when the vaccine is is found to go back full force in like being social, you know? Like imagine we were like in isolation for at least two, three months, and then how are we gonna re socialize? That's what I really think about. Like that's gonna be an interesting, interesting type of society. <laughs> you know what I mean?
0: Yeah. I mean, we also, like, in terms of, like, care homes and facilities, like, care homes and facilities for folks with disabilities, like, didn't exist until, like, the 60s or 70s. And before that, like, if you didn't seem, quote, unquote, normal, and you were causing problems, or someone thought that you were a problem, then they would just send you to the psych ward and, you know,
1: everybody got the same treatment. Being one of the three here, I did not grow up in a care home. (laughs) but I did grow up with family members who had disabilities. Um, one I knew closely, well, two two of them, like two especially. One of them was has uh, Down syndrome. He's my age, and growing up with him, I would see him at like our family parties. Um, his sisters were close cousins with my sisters, so I would see him pretty often. He had Down syndrome, and um, I, I I knew that He wasn't quite like me or quite like everyone else. And I understood that. I didn't know what it was. I didn't question it. I just knew that's how it was. And people kind of, that just kind of happens to people. Um, I didn't think any low of him, if that's okay to say. But I also knew that he didn't think the same way as me. And I knew not to offend him in any way. I knew not to like question why he is the way he is, but I knew to um walk on eggshells around him properly, even as a kid, even as a five year old, 10. Because he was the same age as me and if I wanted to play with him, he would play with me, and he didn't offend me anyway, so what's there to be upset about, you know? I just knew he was different, but there was no problem in that with me as a kid growing up with him. And when I got older, I learned that he had Down syndrome and that he had a disability and that he didn't think the same way as I did. And um, I didn't grow up too closely with him, but that's because of him. I understand others in the world who are born with this syndrome and outside of him i also had an uncle who pretty much took care of me when i was a kid because my parents were too were, my parents were working so he was around to to take care of me he had uh parkinsons and seeing him with parkinsons seemed like a regular thing to me cuz i already knew that some people have diseases here and there and he was one of them but he seemed completely normal to me and um growing up i would see him in his quote unquote normal state he is just moving erratically there's not a moment where he is sitting down still he's just flexing all his muscles getting tired just because his body is forcing him to do that and then there's other states where there's other states where he is just totally immobile and he's just vibrating his whole body is vibrating and he can't do anything about it he's just sitting there waiting for it to pass it could be hours it could be minutes who knows but it's at that that point i needed to give him he asked me like get my medicine i can't move i need to get past this my medicine is the only thing that'll help me right now and so I because of him i know how to open the child proof locks on bottles and give him his medicine and so hours upon end, maybe two or three hours, he'd just be vibrating because he couldn't stop. And because of that, he is—he was very underweight because he's constantly sweating. He's constantly moving. He's never not moving unless he's asleep. And with that in mind, in today's medicine, it makes me think like, fuck, today, if I just gave him weed, he would have been normal because that is the science that's presented as far as parkinson's go you give a person with parkinson's some weed calm down he can act normal for the duration of being high and i wish i could have had that for him when he was alive it would have been great to see him because he loved playing pool and he was hella good when he can control his stroke and (laughs) i wish i could i could have gotten high with him but being a 12 11 9 10 year old around him i didn't know that shit you know it would have been great and that's my experience with ableism.
0: Yeah, I think it's just, you know, it's just like every <clears throat> I don't want to re- reduce it to be reductionary, but it's like it's like every prejudice where people approach things that they don't understand with like fear and suspicion. It's the same thing. Yep. And the more people are educated, the more people are, you know, you know they 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 have personal experiences with all kinds of people then the less suspicion they have. So I mean, if, if if you're someone with, you know, with a quote unquote disability, right? And and you feel like um, you know, there's this wall between you and where you want to go, it it at that point, it's it's you who needs to open the door for other people. It's not people need to open the door for you.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So put yourself out there, talk to people, you know, network. Or, you know, look for the opportunities that you want and present yourself as is and say that this is who I am and this is what I'm able to do, and I can do whatever, you know, I can do it just as good as the next person, regardless of what you might be seeing. So open the door for them. Show them that how awesome and how great you are, and let them know that there's nothing to be suspicious about. You are just as good as anyone else. Buy my book. It's a self help book. <laughs> Francis. can't wait for that to drop.
1: Um, is this Nino? Which one? How do, you, how do you like your eggs? I like my eggs depending on what kind of meal I want to eat. So I like I like Japanese food, right? And so I like an Omo rice, Ooh. which is, you know, yeah, yes. it's rice, which is like a, it, it's it's a omelet with ketchup fried rice and chicken and peas mm. in the rice. And then you scramble a an egg more or less, and then you make a layer of egg until it is solid enough to roll i guess, and you and t- and it's kind of undercooked and then when you take that roll, you put it on top of or um a, i guess a kind of ball of rice, and then you cut it and it kind of just balls over the rice, enveloping it
2: It's kind of like a an egg comforter for the rice. Yeah. In your, in your plate. <laughs> I yep.
1: like that. Yeah. <laughs> it's and total. then you just cover it in a demi glass sauce or some ketchup, and it's bomb. Sunny side up. I like sunny side up, but like.
2: But it really depends on who makes it, though, because you know, there's yeah. a lot, there is a very fine line on when it's like good and like a lot of people raw, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. the, there's not that many people that could really cook eggs. So if you know how to cook an egg properly,
1: I, you know, how to cook a lot of things after mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm hmm. That takes yeah. a lot of fucking care. Mm-hmm. Right, I like milk when milk. it's over easy and it's a little cooked on the bottom of the yolk. How you like your, uh, your uh, hard boiled eggs. Hmm. What minute do you like your hard boiled egg at? Seven. 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 seven's a good number. Seven, Seven. Eight. come on. That's 12, 12 is dope. But if, it, if I wanted that cooked, I like it at nine or 10.
2: Seven minute egg is the one. It's seven, nice. yeah. Perfect. Oh egg. Yeah. yeah.
1: Yeah. It is seven minute egg. Seven minutes. Yeah. Six minute it's is good. dope only with soup though. Yeah. But Too if you're running. just having an egg alone, seven is perfect. But if yeah. you want something a little more cooked, I like a nine.
2: Yeah. Seven. Where, with where, fruit, it, where salt it's solid, and but it's mushy. So and salt and pepper with my seven minute egg, yes, I'll take that all day.
1: Mm-hmm. Oof. Oh, you know what I like? Where you make a lair and then you roll it. Tamago? And then, yeah, tamago tamagoyaki.
2: Where's the spot that has your best tamago, though? My house, bro. I mean, besides your house. <laughs> it doesn't, it doesn't count. I mean, outside of Japan, because that's where I had the best. Of course, in the Bay Area where our listeners can go get it.
1: There is a chirashi that I've had that was the best in my life so far outside of Japan. It's no longer called Zen Sushi, but it's on Balboa. In San Francisco, Zen towards sushi. the beach. Yeah. I don't know what it's called now, but I went there when it's when it wasn't called Zen Sushi because I just went there to go there because the chef is the same. And it was bomb as fuck. It's at the end of Balboa. It's the only Japanese restaurant there. It's the only restaurant at the end of wherever it ends on Balboa. And it's bomb as fuck. And they make a really good tamago yaki.
2: I would, I would say Tani's Kitchen in Westlake. Where's Lake. that at? In Westlake. Their shit is so fire. Like anything, like it's home. I I feel I've never been to Japan, but I feel like it's like homemade Japanese food made with a lot of love. And then you see the layers of like the tamagoyaki like in front of you, and he just cut you. I could you could either get it in nigiri, you by itself, or like in like plates of it. You know what I mean? Like that is luxurious. You gotta check that out, and then let me know. I think you can move on now, but go to Tammy's Kitchen, please.
1: Do it. I really like this question because it was kinda in the back of my mind from uh Francis Icy Hat. She asked, um, if you were born in the Philippines, where do you think you would be right now today? Uh
2: clearly in quarantine, right? So at my house. <laughs> but <laughs> I'm a, I'm gonna take that as like, you know, uh for what it is. I would probably be on a beach. Like I would I really believe like the Philippines has like the best like beaches in the world and like that's even considering like Hawaii you know like I just loved going back last year after like 13 years and being in like Barakai and seeing that like it's more cleaned up and just seeing like the beauty of just everything like I just felt so connected there and I never wanted to leave even though there's really nothing to do there Besides just being in paradise, you know, you're just bored to death in paradise, like, but I would be on a beach with my family, just doing the family time. If we now, were
1: Outside of pleasure, what would you be doing, though?
2: Like, profession and, like, livelihood?
1: hmm
2: Like, I would be living in my, like, my town. I would probably, like, be working for my dad. Like, doing the family business, you know? Like, selling something but I I really can't like imagine that because life right now is just way too good to think about anything else,
0: you know? Oh, I would be in, I would be in Kesson city with the rest yeah. of my family. Well, I have, I have two sides of my family. I have one side who's in Kesson city project gate. And I have one side who, who lives in Alabang, and it's, it's my dad's side versus my mom's side. My, my, the the side that lives in Alabang they're, you know they have a really nice house uh you know they're all working professionals you know it's very it's very like it's like you live here right everybody go has the same office job yada yada yada. and then on the other side of the family like you know we're kicking it outside in the front at the front of the house you got tables <laughs> plastic tables plastic chairs outside and then we're just passing passing a beer around <laughs> And I, I honestly don't know. Like, It could be either way. I could be over there. I could be over here. And I, I would, I think I would enjoy life either way. Like, it's just a, it's just a dichotomy of the Philippines. You have the very wealthy. Then you have the, you have everyone else who's trying to make it. But, you know, life is still good. Either way, people are happy.
2: Do you feel like, term- Francis, when you're there, do you feel like just hella connected? That you're just like recharged back? You know, when you have rechargeable
0: batteries and you just put them back, there and you're just recharging all i did was drink drink beer with my family and like just chop it up and you know joke around and do this and do that like it just felt like i just need to lay back and watch the world spin around me mm-hmm. and it was that was okay like people would walk by and you'd say hello or you know a food a food cart would come by and then you just stop and then like eat something bring it to the table and share it. Like, I love that feeling. It's like you're like, a present, huh? Present. with like, the Yeah. It's like I, got, I had cousins who had their friends and it was just a bunch of dudes or, you know, everybody just hanging there drinking and just chat, chopping it up. And that's my favorite thing in the world. I think that's our favorite thing in the world is just talking. Yeah, And, um, you know, it's, it's it, the life out there is different. Like poverty is not like poverty here. I, I, I don't know if that's the right thing to say, but I really do feel like poverty there is not like poverty here, where you feel, you feel the suffering, almost every minute. Like you don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. Over there, it's like, yeah, we're we're in poverty, but you know what? I'm gonna play some basketball on my flip flops. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna drink a forty too.
1: <laughs> Dang, I wish I could empathize with that, because all my only memories that I have of the Philippines are when I was three that's the only time i've been there and my parents come from provinces in um pampanga and they didn't live a very luxurious life you know um, from what i remember that we slept in a small house with maybe i don't know 15 people we all slept in the living room with a futon on the floor and the floor was see-through. You can see downstairs, you know. And then my, from what I remember, as far as fun goes, we not, we went out to go to the market and I saw some chicks. And I wanted those chicks. I wanted to bring them home. I wanted to play with them. That's it. <laughs> you know, that's as far as I remember of having fun in the Philippines. They live, it was my grandpa's house and they lived by a river which was not clean. It was very dirty and kids just played in it. And mm. I don't know how I already know this as a three-year-old, but I knew that they didn't look fun playing in a dirty river. And then there was the the pump out of the ground, taking cold baths um, with the tabo. Um, there were cats that I tried to play with, but they and their kittens bit my hands and I shook my hand and they hit a wall people thought i was a crazy kid for throwing cats at the wall when they bit my (laughs) finger you know like i couldn't i can't i wish i could empathize with you guys i wish i had those same thoughts of the philippines but i guess if i come off as thinking filipino's not a great place for me that's probably where it stems from you know my family came from poverty in the philippines and that's what i associate with it wow that's true man you know so i wish i had positive thoughts of the philippines but knowing that there are that i had um relatives even today when my mom would go to the philippines they're only really from what it seems like friendly to my mom and to me is because we're american and that's like mom why do you go there they just want your stuff they just want your money they just want you to buy buy them food it frustrates me. So if I were in the Philippines growing up in that environment, I don't think I would be the same person. I don't think I'd be as charismatic, charismatic as I think I am today. I wouldn't be making, doing what I am doing today. I wouldn't have the opportunity. Like, I love video games. I love I love cartoons. I love 3D animation. I love all that stuff. I don't think I'd have access to that in the Philippines And so, not that I'm like knocking, I mean, I kind of am, but I don't have the same opportunity from where my family came from in the Philippines, you know? I feel that. And so, that's probably where I'd be in the Philippines, probably somewhere Mm -hmm. close to that river, if not pretty close to it, and not doing the same thing I am doing today.
2: (laughs) deep dude yeah yeah and i I think that's why you should go back Yep. like i think that's for real why the reason you like all these thoughts that you have are are just your assumptions and past things that you held on to because i i could relate like after 13 years like i was born like what you described that's how i grew up Mm
1: -hmm.
2: but like not like dirty river or what what's dirty there's like trash in it no it's just brown. it's not it's, it's right?
1: green and brown yeah
2: right like but that's like nature you know like
1: I, I guess as a kid they
2: they left like some really um, not the best impressions of it I think what your experience is, is, is not different from a lot of people like a lot of Fili- Filipino Americans who've who've had like these imprints of like the Philippines that is just very like poor like brown you know what i mean like that is how we grew up like that is colonial mentality you know like we were projected to see like poverty as american poverty like it's a bad thing in comparison to what francis was saying yeah yeah, they they live below their means but they found joy in everything yeah you know so i i think like that's that's the big like that's i'm just really excited for you for for you to like go home like with Mel and with Bash and then to see that like in a new light. And I just I just hope that you're like open to that.
1: To bring things back full circle. In terms of our barkata, there's there's a lot of us. There's a lot of us we could have chose to be in this podcast. But the three of us we have a great dynamic. We're the three of us are very comfortable with each other. We can say whatever the fuck we want with each other. And not give a fuck what we think about each other because at the end of the day we still love each other.
0: Yeah, I I get offended a little bit. I
1: (laughs) think it
2: goes back to like seeing all of us like in all of our different stages. You know what I mean? When we talk, when you just bring it up like emotional intelligence, it's like I know how y'all are mad because I've seen it. I've been there, Mm. right? Like I've known when like we were mad at each other. I've seen it. I've been there. Right, and we still move on from that because at the end of the day, I know at at the end of like my day, like y'all got my back for sure,
1: mm-hmm. like without
2: question, unconditionally. Because I've seen that before, right? Like I know that that is my knowing. So it's yeah. like when we do this together, it is a safe space. We're we're talking about like topics. <laughs> we're not talking like about each other,
0: you know? Yeah, I, I want to put some color onto how it all started too, on my perspective. Like I remember just. Going through Facebook feeds and we we talk about this often, which is like this is this echo chamber and we get we hear all this bullshit online, all the whatever is political or or is is COVID-19 a hoax? God damn. And I'm I'm thinking like to myself, like, you know, you know who talks who has thought and learned about our culture for ever since I've known him? I was like, Goobs does. Why isn't that motherfucker talking more? Why isn't he more vocal? I think he has he has the right training and education to bring some of this stuff to light and that's when I texted you I was like dude you should have a podcast or or you should write more you should be publishing <laughs> things more because people need to hear from people like you and you know like we were talking about earlier it's like primary sources your primary source I, I that's how much I respect your background in in this in this time so I wanted you to do it and then that's when you're like, Yeah, yeah, you should do it with me. And I was like, No, nah, man, I don't I don't have nothing to say. <laughs> what the hell? Don't no, act like I wasn't gonna ask though, you know. Well, I mean, I didn't want to do it. Yeah,
2: thank <laughs> you. God you did want to do it. I was just that's I was kind of surprised that you hit me back up and said you were doing it honestly.
0: That's no, quarantine, man it makes you do crazy things. Hey, <laughs> that's dope. It leads to beautiful things too.
1: Let me say but, some let me shed some light.
2: <laughs> I gotta we'll text. check
1: want to do a podcast okay <laughs> that was it <laughs> that's all you need that was it. i was like my homies want to do a podcast
0: I right. yeah but i would not want to do this with anybody else but you guys both of you are like some of the best conversationalists i know but i would not be as good as i am with other people like strangers if i hadn't met you both of you so to have this podcast with you guys to to be able to put all of us on a platform and to kind of show like what how we are and that we're just pretty dope people yeah that's that's what i'm saying like i wouldn't want to do this with anybody
1: else but you guys and this is why this is our 10th episode thank you guys for listening for nine episodes before this and we just wanted to answer your questions and here we are, 10 episodes in. And we kinda just want to thank you with all this. This has been fun and we'll continue to do this as much as we can. This is great. Hey.
0: Is that is that wrapping it up? That was good.
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> Fucking love you guys.